Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Every week as we kind of build up towards church here in the garden, I get a little bit nervous because it's getting colder and colder. But praise the Lord, Sundays are literally still Sundays, which is a good day for a garden service in the sun. And it's amazing that the, the weather is holding up. Um, but I just want to remind just again, just please note, we're only going to have this Sunday here and next Sunday. And then the Sunday after that, for those who missed the announcements at the beginning, we will be back at the school. So next Sunday is the last Sunday here. I want us this morning just to tie in a little bit to what Yaku was sharing with us last week. For those who missed that, he spoke to us a little bit about two of the fathers of the faith. He spoke to us um, mostly about Jacob, Joseph, Joseph rather, <laughs> Joseph. And he went and how God went before him and how Joseph as this young man was sold into slavery, but how somehow God's hand had been upon that process. And much, much later in Joseph's life that had come to pass as to why God had set him up that way and how God had been actively at work in his life in the midst of all of these struggles and all of these trials. I began to speak just a little bit about faith. He mentioned Abraham and Abraham who's sort of known in Scripture as the father of the faith. And yet there's this man who at first didn't know God and God appears to him and Abraham at Abram at that stage, he just decides, I'm going to follow this God. And time after time, this God speaks to him, this God who we now know as the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. We know him as the God of Abraham, but Abraham didn't know him as the God of anyone. And God comes and he, he slowly began to reveal himself to Abraham, and Abraham would respond accordingly every single time. And that's why today we think of Abraham as the father of our faith i know most of us sitting here this morning we've been serving god for a long time a couple of weeks ago or months ago i can't even remember we we asked a little bit for a show of hands and the majority at that service had been serving god for more than 20 years and we here this morning most of us not because we're new to the faith but because we've been serving god faithfully for a number of years and in that one of the challenges for us is, and I find maybe just maybe it's just me, is to remain faithful over the years. Maybe rephrase that slightly differently, to remain faith-filled over the years. Because our faith starts and it's easy to follow Jesus when all of these great things are happening. When we come to God at the start, there are these incredible transformations that happen in our life. We changed from a life of the flesh and a life that is sinful life and we begin to live a life that is focused and pointed towards God. And there's this massive transformation that's happening because our friendship is happening. We looked at the life of Paul a while ago and we saw these great transformations that were happening in Paul's life. New friends, new experiences, looking at the world different. All of this exciting stuff that happens. And then we begin to follow Jesus and we walk a road 
with Christ and 10, 15, 20 years later, the transformation daily doesn't seem as significant as it did at the beginning. And then it's almost easy not to become faithless, not to lose our faith, not to have a desire and a love for Christ anymore, but to have in a sense that edge of being full of faith, just become a little bit less full. To have our, our cup Maybe where it's overflowing at the beginning, we've got faith to overtake the world. It's one of the reasons that I love working with younger people, with students, for two reasons. Number one is students, sort of 18 to 22, 23-year-olds, some of us are still there in our hearts, even if on our ID numbers we're not there anymore. But they still believe that they can change the world, and rightly so. And sadly, many of us, as we get older and older, we lose a little bit of that thing in us that I'm going to make the world different. And as we come to Christ, I think He wants to re-inspire that in our lives, that we are able to make things different. And the other reason that I love working with young people, just in the context that we do, is so many of the young people are forced with these incredible life decisions and sort of are inviting Christ in their own life for the first time. And these challenges of what does it mean to look and live, what does it look like to live for Jesus? In my friendship groups, in my studies, in my career, as they begin to embark on a career, and it's such an exciting time of our lives to be part of. And then we get a little bit older and we figured out some of those answers. And in a sense, it becomes just more of the same. Yes, I, I know how to live for Jesus in my career, in my engineering, in my accounting, in my computer programming, in my studies, in the things that I'm doing. I figured this out, and now it's just about application, and there's an element of truth to that. But all of that, at the same time, I believe God wants in some of our lives to, just in these coming weeks, to do two things. For some of us, He wants us just to slow down and revisit those words, those promises, those experiences we had right at the beginning. I remember just a couple of months after coming to Christ, I sat up almost a whole night. I just felt was God was, in a sense, almost dictating to me. And I was just writing all of these promises that I felt God was giving me over my life. And now as I look back more than two decades later, it's so easy to forget those moments. And not only those moments, those words, those promises, those dreams that God was birthing inside of me as this young believer who was passionate for Jesus and was still believing that I could change the world. And I believe God is wanting us just to, for a moment, go back to those words. Some of us perhaps were sitting here and we never had moments like that where we felt God was giving us words and promises. The word of encouragement I want to give to you today is God wants to give them to you? Will you press in? Will you slow down in life, take a few days, hours off, and just go sit at His feet and ask God to speak to you? One thing that I know will definitely happen when you do that is He will speak to you. His Word promises that when we draw near to Him, He will draw near to us. You might not always like what He's telling you, but He's going to be speaking to you. He might be directing you in a different way. He might be encouraging you to step away from some things things that you've grown to love, things that perhaps even have become part of our identity. And perhaps he's going to say, just lay that down and 
then the trust comes in believing that God has better for us. That his ways are good. And that he is faithful. That he is, just like that song we always sing, you're a good, good father. You're a good, good father. And God, I love this thing so much right now. But you're a good, good father. And maybe along the way, I can't see it. I don't understand how, except I'm going to choose to trust, believe that your ways are better. And as we go and sit at Christ's feet, he's going to speak to us. He's going to speak to you. Have a pen and paper close by. Turn off the cell phone. One of the reasons why I love a, a hard copy Bible, as much as I love my Bible on my devices, is it's much harder to interrupt when I'm reading from a hard copy Bible. And hopefully if it's an interruption, it's the Holy Spirit who's interrupting where my heart and my thoughts are at. It's not some notification on the phone that's popping up. But we have this man, Abraham, who's the, the father of faith, because every time as God speaks, he steps out and he responds. And with that as a, a little bit of a background, I, I want us today to read a passage which we've probably heard many times, studied a couple of times for those of us who've been following Christ for a long time. But even in that, I, I believe God just wants to come and rejuvenate some things in us. And even as He's rejuvenating some things and reminding some of us of words that He gave us decades ago, I also believe that He wants to give us new words. That Jesus says to us, man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds, not that proceeded. Yes, there were words that proceeded from God's mouth and we Hold on to them tightly, but they are words that continually proceed as He speaks into our lives and over our lives. And so I wanted to read here on page 1663 of my Bible, which is completely irrelevant, but James chapter 3 from verse 14. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? And the important distinction that we need to talk about here is that we're in this context, and as we read James here, we're going to see this is the context we're speaking from. We're not speaking about faith here to earn or, or faith that kind of puts us in the right place. We're talking about faith here that's a response. Faith is one of those words that we throw about not only in Christian life, but in life with a variety of different definitions. And I believe true faith, biblical faith, Christ-centered faith always starts in the same way. It starts with the revelation of who God is. Faith doesn't start with a dream in my heart. You know, I can walk out of here and say, I've got faith for the biggest, nicest car. Or I've got faith for this breakthrough. I've got faith for that. And I don't believe that would be biblical faith because biblical faith would start with oh, what does God want? I love that about Abraham's faith. Abraham's faith didn't start with Abraham wanted. Abraham's faith started with God speaking and Abraham responding. And yes, even at one stage, Abraham had this dream, he had this desire for the son, and he spoke that to God, and they had a conversation about it, and God said, yes, I'm going to give that to you. You see, Abraham's faith wasn't so much that he had a dream or a desire, but his faith was that he was willing to believe that what God had said, God would do. And so as we think towards faith, I I want us to remember that, that we're not about here talking about faith in the sense of, you know, I'm going to, or works rather, I'm going to do a bunch of things that are going to make life happen, that are going to make God do things. I'm going to do, and because I have done, now God is going to bless me or God is going to answer me. 
No, we're going to see here, we're talking about faith that starts on the other side. Because God has done, because I believe, because I see His hand at work, my actions follow. And I'll try and give us some illustrations around that. So let's read again, verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister, he gives an example here, is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and here's the key. I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, and you do well. Even the demons believe, and they shudder. Do you want to be shown, a foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac to the altar? You see that faith was that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. See, I started meditating around this principle in Scripture again because as a church, from time to time, we go through the process of praying for a venue and asking for a building and for us as a church, the building has never defined who we are. We've moved to a bunch of different buildings over the years. And our church has always been us, the people. And the building, it happens to be the place where we meet. But obviously, having a building became a necessity. And as we went through lockdown and started praying, God, we need a different venue. We weren't able to be at the school for a while. And, you know, praying through all of that, and I began to realize that, you know, I've got faith for a building, and even the season we're in, I just sense that God is saying, perhaps it's time. But then I also began to realize that faith without works is dead. That I can have all of the faith in the world that God has a building and a place prepared for us. But that means that because I believe it, I need to begin to step out in faith a little bit. I need to phone some estate agents. I need to get some people together to start thinking and planning and figuring out how would this happen. Start just getting the building fund up and running again and encouraging people to pray about, ask, ask God, God, do you want me to contribute in some way to this building fund? Because the reality is that when that building comes, we're going to have to pay for it in some way. And yes, God can provide, but I also know He says the miracle is in this house. Just on that, I I love that in the last month or so, we've been able to get a little committee together. And Just yesterday, we had an architect and an engineer, and we got a, a conveyance attorney and people who are experts in these fields who are able to help us, and they're people in the house. And yes, we pray for, we would be more than willing to pay for professional services, and those times will come as well. But I love the fact that God has given us everything we need within our family. 
But what I began to realize and just reminded is that, you know, we can have all of the faith. We can have all of the prayer meetings. We can sit there and hear what God is saying to us. But then because we believe He is saying to us, there are certain appropriate actions that should follow. There are certain steps that need to follow. And so this morning I just sense God is wanting to encourage some of us to pick up our faith again. To put feet to our faith. There are some of us, we're sitting here and God's been speaking to us about an opportunity, a business venture. He's been speaking to us about certain relationships. He's been speaking to us about certain changes that we need to make. And we know God is saying it. And I encourage, I just sense God is wanting this morning to encourage us that faith without works is dead. And He's not saying that in a a way to condemn us. He's not saying that in a way to bring judgment. I sense God is this morning wanting to say it to us in a way that is encouraging. In a way that God is saying, you are hearing His voice. And if you're not sure if it's God's voice, then small group is a fantastic place to start. There are a bunch of different ways in which small groups across churches can be done and are done. And I wouldn't say there's necessarily a right way or a wrong way. But the way that I I know that God has called us to do our small groups are firstly relationally and around Scripture. In other words, the key question that we want to ask every week is not to bring a new study and to work through books together. There's beautiful and nothing wrong with doing that. But our, our small groups, we're wanting to dig into what is God saying to you and how are you responding appropriately. What is it that God is pressing on your heart? What is it that God is speaking to you about? And the easy way we kind of do that is if we just take the text that we spoke about on a Sunday and just as a starting point, what is God saying to you? And then in small groups to pray about that together, to press into that together. And so if you think you're hearing God's voice but you're not 100% sure, small group is a fantastic place to put that to people and say, hey guys, this is what I think God is saying to me. Can you pray with me? Can you interpret Scripture together with me? Yeah, I think it's a silly example. I sense God is saying I must divorce my husband. No, I don't think that's what God's saying to you because Scripture says different. Oh, okay, so what is God saying? Let's work through this together. Let's wrestle with this together. Let's talk through this together. And sometimes, you know, it helps if someone just can bring different insight into Scripture. But it also helps when somebody can just come alongside us and pray with us and do life together. And so I sense God is wanting us just to reignite our faith a little bit for some of us. Those different things that God has deposited within your heart that decades ago He spoke to you about and you've forgotten just a little bit. I sense God is wanting to renew them. For some of us, He's depositing new words and just new things that God is speaking to us. Don't go it alone. Speak to your small group. Pray about it. But then when you know that it's God speaking, be willing to say, God, what are the appropriate works? God, what is the, the appropriate step? You know, it's like with faith when we come to salvation. You know, we cannot save ourselves. It's God who saves us. I cannot wash away my sin in any way. But what I do need to do is I need to come to Jesus to allow him to wash away my sin. So if I am aware of my sin and I become aware of a God who is able to wash away my sin, there is an appropriate response. That's why Scripture says we are saved by grace, but through faith. 
I have to action my, I have to say, okay, God, I want to accept that which you are giving to me. There's an appropriate response for saving faith, for saving grace. I cannot wash my, there's nothing that I do except the action, the appropriate response in that context is to receive. But in every context where God moves, where God speaks to us, there is some appropriate response, and he will direct it. God comes to Abraham, and he says, Abraham, get up from the land where you are and go to where I will show you. What is the appropriate response? Well, for Abraham, it's pretty simple. I just get up. Where am I going? I don't know, but God will show me as I go. And so throughout Scripture, we see over and over God speaking, God stirring, God moving upon someone's life. And then an appropriate response. And I sense this morning God is wanting just to remind us that He is with us and He is speaking to us and He has deposited faith within our hearts. And He wants us to be bold, to step out and to say, okay, God, because You, because You have spoken, because You have said, because You have shown, because You are faithful, God, I will respond. I'm going to respond in faith. And that's what... James is saying here, he's saying, if you have faith, show me your faith by my works. How do, you show, how do I show God that I trust Him? Well, by stepping out into a space where if He wasn't going to catch me, I wouldn't be okay. It's great to say, I trust God to provide. The example He gives you, if I believe that God, there's a providing God, and someone comes to me and they are hungry and thirsty and unclothed, and I say, well, go and God bless you. I'm not demonstrating any faith. But if I'm willing to take of the resource that I have and say, here, I believe God will provide for me again so you can take this. Because I believe in my God. I'm willing to give because my identity, my strength isn't in any of the stuff. I, I love that scripture. A man's life does not consist of the abundance of his possessions. I'm willing to give because I know when I give, there is a father who owns the universe who will provide for me. And I trust Him. So I don't only give out of my abundance. Sometimes I give out of my lack. You know, sometimes we think, if I've got enough, then, you know, if I've got enough for everything, I'm not saying be bad stewards, don't misunderstand me. But there's a time when I give even when I don't have enough. Like that little boy who brought his lunchbox to Jesus, consisting of five little loaves of bread and two fish. And he said, Jesus, this is, my, this is my meal for the day, but God, I'm bringing the little bit that I have. And the little bit that I have in God's hands is always more than enough. And so God, I believe, is wanting to stir you, he's wanting to encourage you to take that step. He's wanting to stay step out. He's, he's asking you in a sense, and this is a great conversation to have with your small group, to simply ask what are the things that God is encouraging me to do? What are the things that God is encouraging you to do? Let's not let our walk with Christ be anything less than faith-filled. And I love that, that, you know, right here today, as I've been serving God for decades, as you've been serving God for decades, there are areas of faith that God is wanting to release upon you, promises that He is speaking to, things that He wants you to step out to do, to speak to people, to change something, to start something, to make a difference somewhere. And the easy thing for us to do is to 
fall into that rut and to do what we've always done because it was of God and it is still of God. And the hard thing to do is to say, okay, God, here I step out again. Okay, God, here I go again. God, I'm extending my faith again and I'm choosing, God, that you are in this and because you are in this, this is how my actions are going to look. So I want to encourage you to, in this week, take some time and go sit with God. And say, God, God, where are the areas that you are stirring me to trust you? Where are the areas that, God, you are stirring me to do something a little bit different? To do something that requires faith and hope in you. To do something that requires me to trust you. With the little asterisks, we don't want to step out and do things just because they're great ideas. We want to do them because we believe they are birthed in God. Because God has spoken. Because God has revealed to us something that He wants to do. And our response is simply, God, this is what you are doing, so I'm on board. God, this is what you are doing, so here I come. God, I believe like Abraham that what you have said, you are able to do. And God, because you are able to do what you have said, I am willing to do what you have asked. I am willing to do. There is so much that I believe God would have us do, step into, embrace, and not things that are going to tire us out, not things that are going to be the end of us, things that are going to rejuvenate us, that are going to inspire us, that are going to encourage us, things that are going to bring us back to those times we had right at the beginning when we were so excited about doing crazy things for Jesus. And God's going to reignite that upon us, just in our personal lives, just that little excitement, I wake up in the morning, I get to do this for Jesus today. Maybe phrase that even slightly differently, I get to do this with Jesus today. He has gone before me. He is stepping out. He is doing something significant. And for some crazy reason, he's deciding to use me as part of it. And so I'm going to show the world around me my faith by my works. I'm going to do what I know God is calling me to do. I'm going to step out there where I know God is moving and allow my works to demonstrate that I believe. So my works don't cause me to believe, but my works are the outflow of my belief because I believe. And, and that's such a subtle but such a big difference, and it's important that we hear me right this morning, that I'm not saying go out and, do things to show people how great your faith is. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is because you have faith, because you know Jesus, because you have experienced him, do what flows out of that. Do what flows out of the truth of knowing Jesus reveals in your life. Don't go try and do things to impress people. It's not going to work. Stop. Go sit at the feet of Jesus. Ask Him to show you what it is He is doing. And then simply respond accordingly. Because faith without works is dead. But faith with works, the right works, changes and transforms us and the world around us. Can we stand as we end off together in prayer this morning? Jesus, I want to Thank you so much this morning that you are the one our hearts adore, Lord. That all of our devotion, 
all of our affection, God, we can just pour it out at your feet, Jesus. And Lord, as we do that, that you reveal yourself to us, Lord. You revealed yourself to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to Joseph, Lord. You, you played this long game with them, and not game isn't the right word, but you had a long plan for their lives, Lord Jesus. And in the same way, God, I know that you have long plans for all of our lives. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would again reveal to us those first words, those promises we have even forgotten, Lord God. Those dreams that you birthed, Lord, that we have allowed to, allowed to grow just a little bit stale. God, I thank you for new dreams and new visions, God. New words from you, God. New directions. God, I just sense even for some of those here, Lord, the married couples, Lord God, on their marriage day, God, you gave them promises, things that you would have them do together. God, I thank you that you would reignite those, Lord God. That you would reveal them to you, that you would remind them of those promises. And then, Jesus, I pray that our faith would grow, Lord God. I pray that you would cause our faith to be genuine faith in you, Lord. And that, Lord, because of our faith, actions would follow, Lord. Because we believe, Lord God, that we would do what you want us to do, what you leading us to do, that we get to do the most amazing things with you, God. I pray just across our church, Lord, even for those who aren't here this morning, just for a rejuvenation of our faith, God. Just the excitement again of stepping out with Jesus and for Jesus. Lord. God, I thank you that as much as faith without works is dead, Lord, faith with works is truly alive. And I pray that there would be an abundance of living faith in our midst. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash Pretoria.